As a listener of the Shift Your Consciousness podcast presented by Marcus White and Jordan Briggs, we would like you to understand that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Any changes to your supplementation, nutrition or lifestyle should only be done after consulting with a medical professional. Welcome to the Shift Your Consciousness podcast. My name is Marcus White. And my name is Jordan Briggs. We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower people to live a healthy, fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow and live a connected life. If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness. All right, welcome back to another Shift Your Consciousness podcast, just me and Geordie today. Geordie, I hope you've put yourself on Google Chrome for this one, haven't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we're recording on Riverside, so like, it's got to be on Google Chrome. Oh, man. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality good. So, look, yes. we want to do one on sleep today, don't we, Geordie? Yeah, sleep. I think we haven't really gone into this, and I think sleep is obviously extremely crucial for our ability to be well. I don't <laughs> I mean, think it's, it's that important, is it? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you probably nearly go, I mean, it's one of the biggest torture techniques is sleep deprivation, isn't it? So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crucially important for. That's for, not what we were thinking in our early 20s, were we? Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> it's self inflicted, but um, we had fun. <laughs> no so yeah sleep man i think like obviously it's a massive part of the adaptation process so you know if for, for people to heal or even just to be optimal with their health i mean they want to be prioritizing quality sleep and i think what i'd like to what we'd like to explore today is um how to optimize that maybe how to understand it a little bit better too maybe a little bit of physiology around it and then um and then maybe what people can do to to support their sleep yeah for sure um Look, and, you know, I don't know where you want to start, but a lot of the time I, I start when I talk to clients is around, you know, um, being in tune with the sun, the circadian rhythm. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the time, you know, there's that, you know, people hear about cortisol, not as much about melatonin, but everyone hears about cortisol and how negative cortisol is. And cortisol and melatonin have a nice little relationship. And so, and they have that relationship with the sun. And it makes sense because, melatonin will raise as the sun goes down and cortisol will raise as the sun comes up because cortisol is our stress hormone. If we think about the basic human, it's like you wake up in the morning, you need to find food, yeah? So cortisol is going to give us energy. It's going to make it sharp, yeah? Like, you know, if you like a lot of the time people get addicted to cortisol and stress because it, it because you actually feel really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's when that happens chronically that it can be a problem. But a big thing that we need to realize is that, like, we need to be in tune with the sunlight. Now, when the sun goes down, like we said, we want to release something called melatonin, which is going to pretty much start to – well, melatonin, it's more than just um, – it's more than just a hormone that helps you to, to um, fall asleep. It's actually a kamikaze antioxidant. People don't 
know this, where it will actually kill itself to kill off like cancer cells. So it's super, super important, not just for, and it's also very protective for the blood-brain barrier. But anyway, let's just talk about it for sleep. It'll help pretty much shut, start to shut your brain down. So as the sun goes down, um, we should be starting to slow down and slowly you know, taper off our brain activity and then fall asleep. Now, if you want to step in and add anything in now, Joe, that's fine. But all I was going to say is we are disrupting that cycle very, very much. So, yeah, you know, the, the one thread that I think I'd like to to say, like with obviously cortisol, it's got such a bad name for it, like for itself, like where people think cortisol is really bad, but like as you said, it's so important, and actually where a lot of the problems happen, even for sleep, is when we don't have enough, when we're not actually regulating it properly. Yeah, and that's and that's where we can look at like HPA axis dysfunction. This is where people like with chronic fatigue syndrome and that sort of stuff. And that's why their sleep can be so poor because they're not actually getting that regulated circadian rhythm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not regulating properly. You know, and so you know, for like I, I look at it like a polarity. You know, it's like for cortisol. You know, co- uh, in order for melatonin to probably regulate properly to some degree later in the day, you need to be in touch with nature to 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 its you know. Um, in touch with nature for it to regulate for cortisol to regulate properly in order for melatonin to regulate properly later however in saying that when we live in this unnatural world and we're getting this artificial light as well that's going to absolutely completely disrupt it and think you know the brain's going to think you're still awake but so um so yeah i think um i think that's really it is, is understanding the connection with nature like the sun and the moon and how that influences um and regulates that that um the, the physiology of sleep yeah but you, you like you went like and we'll go into other things that people mistakes people make but like a big thing you just mentioned was our lights now it's like first it started with you know our down lights in our home you know what i mean and obviously that's been fantastic evolutionarily <laughs> is that a word i always do this um it's been fantastic like don't get me wrong you flick a switch you got electricity you can light up your house and work in the dark and whatnot um or you know live in the live when it's dark without candles and stuff but what that's done is if you go into a lot of homes now they're those bright white sort of lights like and they've got that like yacht like you know just a yellow tint but they are extremely like white lights and it is almost like daytime in the home you know yeah. and what we're doing there what you're telling the brain there is it doesn't know you're telling the brain oh shit you know we're still we're still going here we're, we're still it's action time yeah so like the brain's not thinking slow down release melatonin let's start to calm down it's thinking it's work time like let's keep going let's keep the brain let's keep the thoughts active let's keep it let's keep it working you know it's very sort of you know basic sort of stuff um but now we've we've evolved that now to the screens you know what i mean with the phones and the blue light that we get from the phones and like so if you think about this now it's like we now have got like you know we're probably on our screens most of the day a lot of people are on laptops and stuff like that then you get home and a lot of people's switch off time is actually now a lot of people's switch off time is actually sitting there on their phone you know what i mean so they sit they'll sit at the couch and watching you know something like scrolling through tiktok and everything like that and it is just firing their brain on all cylinders what they tend to do is they end up yeah. 
going to bed, like they're so wired, they go to bed and they're just sitting there like with thoughts just flying through their head. Like it's the morning and they're ready to take action. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so if we look at like as the, as the sun goes down, the moon comes up, that's when melatonin is meant, meant to secrete. But if you're getting this light, it's just keeping cortisol up and then that secretion of melatonin isn't happening. And what happens is as melatonin actually rises, your sleep pressure starts to increase. So body temperature starts to come down, your heart rate starts to come down, and then your body's preparing itself to sleep. And then even as we go to sleep, we have these stages of non-REM sleep. So it's like three stages. That first stage is kind of like, you know, body temperature is coming down as melatonin is rising. Um, and then we're getting obviously this uh, these next stages as we start to then prep into like more the deeper sleep. Yep. So that first stage, we, we actually fall asleep. And then after that, we, we just slowly, our blood pressure comes down, heart rate comes down, and then we go into the deepest part of our sleep before we go into REM sleep. And so, and so, um, with, with that, if you're, if you're like on your phone before bed, like you're completely shunting that, that, that process. Like you don't actually allow that whole sleep pressure to increase that body temperature to come down. So there's no wonder why you're getting these half-hour sleeps where you might be waking up through the night or you might even be struggling to get to sleep when you're so exposed, you know, to technology before bed. So I think that's like a, yeah, that's, that's definitely got to be like one of the major, major root causes to poor sleep today. Like 100%. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, a huge one. Um, uh, and there's like, there's certain like other environmental factors that are coming into this as well, Jordan. You know, like self inflicted, we also muck around with our circadian rhythm through our lifestyle and the fact that we have these different, sleep wake cycles for a long period of time in our life with how we live these days you know what i mean a lot of people through their 20s uh doing recreational drugs um partying a lot so their sleep cycle is very very um dysregulated and we're not talking like one night every blue moon we're talking you know some people are going three days without sleeping yeah you know what I mean? A lot of people are, and like for long periods of their life, they're partying from Friday till Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've got close friends of mine now that, you know, I've done this for long periods of time, and now their sleep is absolutely on the floor. Like they, they, cannot, they cannot regulate um, melatonin. They've got really low GABA levels, and that's probably something that we, we, we should go into is um, GABA is like is a neurotransmitter that's sort of like tranquilizes and, and shuts off the brain. And mm. it's actually meant to sort of help you to, to stay asleep. It's meant to stop you from thinking sort of things, shut it off. Now, a sign you might have low GABA is if like you may fall asleep okay, but then you wake up at like 3 a.m. And you're like, you wake up and you think it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to like, because your brain is so active while you're asleep you know, you're struggling to get into those REM and deep sleep that it's like wakes you up ready to take off and it's only, you know, 2.33 a.m. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, that's, and there's multiple factors of what can, what can do that. We should maybe explore like the things that, that drive poor sleep. Yep. Because um, I think like there's so many factors outside of even just like, like, like light pollution and like blue light exposure 
Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, something I wanted to touch on just as you were kind of talking about that before was like also like the irra- ir- irregularities around sleep, even from more of a minute sort of standpoint. Like think about like, you know, people who wake up one day at 5 a.m. and the next day they wake up at 9 a.m. You know, and they and they have ir- like completely irregular kind of sleep cycles, which are outside even just skipping periods of, of sleep. You know what I mean? Like it's it's even like night shift workers, like it's, it's yeah, it, there's so many. So the, the, the kind of the important thing to understand here, I think, guys, is like your sleep should be pretty well the same every single day, like seven to eight hours deep, going to bed at, you know, 9 or 10 p.m., waking up at, you know, 5, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it is, but the same time, sleep, same time you're going to bed, same time waking up in the morning each day. It should be very just like clockwork, clockwork. That's what a healthy circadian rhythm is. It is almost like clockwork, yeah. So, um, and, you know, that should then coincide with a nice healthy bowel motion in the morning and, like, things should be clockwork. There shouldn't be irregularities. There should be consistency there. And that's how you know your, your body's nice and healthy. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, may, maybe before we get into the things that drive poor sleep, also I'd like to sort of, like, now that we spoke about the physiology a little bit and how it works, and I think the two main like like the three main neurotransmitters before we finish up on that is cortisol obviously regulates the circadian rhythm through the day and then melatonin is what brings on sleep pressure gaba is what helps you stay asleep and that's what calms the mind and lowers excitation yeah so then on top of that um when we start to talk about obviously rem you got non-rem sleep and which is like part of the the deep sleep part of um, your sleep, which is where a lot of repair and physical repair and um, um, even like psychological repair and like um, skill acquisition happens in that as well. They talk about like how, you know, they've done studies where people that have had like five hours of sleep, you know, that they they studied something or they learned a new skill and then the same other control group had eight hours of sleep. They did, they learned the same skills, but they actually memorized it and adapted to that new skill far better than the ones that had five hours sleep. So like, so there's, it, it's so important for adaptation on so many levels, not just physically, but also psychologically and neurologically as well. So like, yeah, this is kind of what we're dealing with. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that I've, I've learned with sleep as well, um, now that I, memori- me- I memorize it, is like the first part of your sleep is the physical, re- like where a lot of the physical repair happens. Psychological repair happens towards more the tail end. And that's kind of the way the body rejuvenates. So that's another thing to remember as well is like if you're waking up like at the crack of dawn, which I know some people do, they wake up at like 3 a.m. to go to the gym and like they do these things, you're, you're, you're probably missing out on a lot of your psychological rejuvenation in your sleep. So what's going to happen is you're probably going to feel stupid in the day. You're going to forget things. And like a lot of the things you learned yesterday, you're not going to remember. And like this is how you're going to feel. You're going to feel very brain foggy, very off. And so um, this is what I used to notice when I used to do really early, like like um, went going into the gym really early, training clients like 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, back in the day is like I, I just felt like a spud. So like something, um, even though I'm a bit of a spud sometimes, but but like that's the way I felt. And so like that didn't work for me. Like I, I let myself sleep now. I don't have an alarm. I let myself sleep through to like 7 and just let myself wake and just, you know, six thirty, seven. Obviously, I've got some responsibilities at times. So I might need to 
wake up at a certain time, but I'll, I kind of just let my body do its thing. And, and that's, um, you know, with obviously light exposure coming into my room, because I've blocked everything out, I'd probably keep sleeping. But, but yeah, so, so that's, uh, that's important because obviously as you wake, that's when the cortisol is meant to rise with that light exposure. And so getting sun on your face early is, is so important. Anyway, yeah. let's, um, oh, something I know I've, I've kept talking, but something that I want to no. kind of explore. If, 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 have you got anything to add to that before we work, maybe talk about like, you know, what sleep actually helps as well, not just those things? Because there's so much to kind of add on that quickly before we go into the, the things that. No, nah, keep going, mate. You're on a roll. Keep going. Yeah. All right. So with, with, um, with, 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 with like, um, uh, with, with like sleep, like one of the big things that, that a lot of people don't realize as well, like especially as men, like it's where it's when most of our testosterone is being made. It's also when our liver is doing its most detoxification. So like there's so many processes that are happening inside of your body just outside of adaptation of like physical repair, psychological repair. All your hormones are being rejuvenated. That's when like your testosterone, I call it the testosterone factories on, online and like, your liver detoxification is working at its best. That's when you think things are actually being detoxified. Things are, and even your brain as well. Your brain's going through detoxification. So there's so much happening in sleep that we don't realize, you know. And and when we just say, oh, you know, I, I'm alright off three hours. I'm alright off four hours. Like, yeah, it's going to catch up to you. <laughs> it's going to catch up to you. And um. I know there's another there's another study as well that I looked at with sleep with these there was a group where um that uh, this is more on fat loss so more on fat loss and also muscle gain so like body composition so this study they they explored like one group had five, like five or six hours sleep the other had like seven to nine or something like that and they both had the same training regime the same dietary regime based off obviously their individual needs, circumstances, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, the group that had five hours sleep, so they were all doing the same things outside of sleep. Sleep was the only really thing. Maybe there's obviously other variables too, though, mind you, like general life stresses. The study's good. They would have taken care of the variables. Yeah, that's right. So, but, but, but the, the, hard, the hard thing was the sleep differences, right? And so five, one, one, the one group that had five, right, from memory, they didn't lose any body fat. Maybe they even put on maybe one or two kilos. They lost muscle mass. I think they lost like three kilos of muscle mass or something like that over 12 weeks or something like that, 12 or 16 weeks. Um, the other group that, that slept properly, all right, they gained muscle mass, maybe like one or two kilos, but then they dropped body fat. Like and I think they... And they dropped by, you know, you know, maybe an average of like five kilos or something like that. So, like, not only did they drop body fat and increase muscle mass, um, the other group basically lost muscle mass and put on fat just and just just because of sleep. Yeah, just so, simple motivation for people who are yeah. like trying to get a body composition goal. Like, yeah, it's huge. It's just wild. Yeah. So, like, so anyway, so. I've even looked at studies with microbiome, like the microbiome, like people with poor sleep hygiene, like far more prone to dysbiosis, opportunistic bacterial overgrowth. Like there's so much on that. There's heaps on PubMed on that. And um, what else I saw? You know, that, that, yeah, 
I mean, yeah, probably it's, it's an interesting mechanism. Mm. It's it's phenomenal. You know what's phenomenal with that sort of thing? Like you think about like like with the microbiome and dysbiosis and stuff like that, to just think like something like sleep. Because sometimes you think, you know, damaging your microbiome or damaging bacteria, it's got to be something like physically, you know, like doing something. It's got to be food or it's got to be a medication or it's got to be, you know what I mean? But think that like you can actually affect your beneficial bacteria, like break down their, you know, their cell walls via, via not sleeping enough so that other bacteria can proliferate. Is phenomenal, and yeah. it just shows the power of of lack of sleep. Yeah, you know what I mean the oxidative stress that it causes on the body. Yeah, and the inflammation because like interleukin, I think it's interleukin six and TNF alpha increase when when, uh, when you have poor sleep. So yeah. so there's immune and like in, inflammation and immune immune processes that aren't working properly that probably contribute to a lot of that, a lot of weakened yeah, defense. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, yeah. so yeah, it's. Fuck, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could, you could probably talk fucking for three days on sleep of what it causes, and what it does to the body. But, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's just a bit of a dive, I think. And and also, you know, I guess the opposite of that is yes, if you sleep better, your microbiome is going to be better. If you sleep better, you're going to have more muscle mass, probably less body fat. If you sleep better, you're going to have more energy. You're going to have, you know, remember things. Your memory recall is going to be better. Your cognitive function. Cognitive function is going to be better. You're going to physically feel better. You get your testosterone levels as men is going to be better. For women, I'm sure their hormones and things like hypothalamic amenorrhea is going to be improved if they've got you know missed cycles and all those things are going to improve when you have better quality sleep and more sleep. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, yeah. Jordan, can I ask you? Like, you're you've got a client who's struggling to sleep, um, or you know, let's. Let's say, let's not go down the real like bad rabbit hole of like terrible insomnia. Let's just talk about someone who's, you know, struggling to fall asleep um, and they feel like they're waking up at, you know, they're waking up really early as well. Like, you know, what are your, what are your go-tos to try and help them? I'm always going to screen them for the following. (laughs) These are my, these are my big blocks for poor sleep. Yep. So... I'm always going to look at like magnesium deficiency. I'm I'm always going to look at um uh I'm going to look at like just general stress and just obviously like poor sleep hygiene and like all that. That's probably the first thing I'll look at. You know, like like what's their lifestyle like? What's their you know what's their sleep like? Like sorry, what's their sleep hygiene like? I'm always going to look at that first, and I'm going to look at their diet. You know, if they're if they're eating like crap, um. And maybe not getting the cofactor nutrients that they need to make neurotransmitters and also how that may impact their gut health as well, how that's going to also impact their ability to make key neurotransmitters. We know serotonin, most like all, pretty much all your serotonin is made in your gut. Serotonin converts to melatonin. So if your gut health is cooked from poor food, well, you're always going to go after like kind of the, the lowest hanging fruit first, which is those two things, I think. Then from there, then I'll go into like, yes, the, nutri- the finer tuning, like the nutrient deficiencies and stuff like that. But we need. We obviously need glycine. Sorry, we'll start with with melatonin. We need we need tryptophan and B six to make serotonin. That converts to melatonin. Um, so we 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 need those nutrients. Where are you going to get that from? Animal proteins, mostly. You know, like it's quite rich in obviously poultry, right? Um, we know carbohydrates are really handy in in, in uh, with that as well because carbohydrates help push um, tryptophan. Um, 
in, into the conversion of serotonin as well uh, with in, insulin plays a role in that insulin plays a role in that so so that's that's all that all coincides so getting people's nutrition to a better spot is where i always start along with their sleep hygiene um getting them the right right foods that have those building blocks and we know glycine and magnesium play a big role in GABA production so you're going to get obviously glycine from like animal proteins and things like bone broths and collagen or gelatin and things like that, right? So, so one thing that people don't know about glycine is glycine is not just an amino acid; it actually acts as a neurotransmitter itself. Yeah, yeah, um, and that, like so, it is actually so. You know that people would say that the only inhibitory neurotransmitter is GABA, but glycine is actually an inhibitory neurotransmitter. Yeah. Sorry, go on, mate. Just thought yeah, I'd check awesome. that out. Yeah, 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 and that's great. Yeah, so like, so that's the that's that's a big one. I'm also going to probably say like, you know, are you drinking caffeine? You know, to, towards the end of the day, you know, that's 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 a big one because we know that's going to affect the adenosine receptors in the in in the brain um, that are responsible for um, GABA production. So, um, so, 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 yeah. So that's um, that's where I'll start. Just the basics. Then when things get a little bit more complex and we're doing all those things and you get these people, they're doing, I'm doing all the things. Like, I don't know why I'm not sleeping. Then I go deeper. And the deep, the deeper stuff is when I start to look at emotional trauma. I personally think a lot of insomnia is just like people have got demons that they haven't faced and they haven't moved through. Yeah. So that's one aspect. Second aspect, I'll, I'll look at um, the gut. So whether there's just in like bacterial and fungal overgrowth, parasites, all those things can impact sleep via the way they trigger the vagus nerve, via the way they um, affect uh, neurotransmitter, like like cause neurotransmitter imbalances. They increase things like histamine, which histamine is very very excite like excitatory. Um, things like mold, mold increases glutamate. Glutamate's very excitatory. Glutamate has an inverse relationship with GABA. So look at mold. And if mold is in your environment, because that will affect your ability to, to sleep as well. So mold in your environment, maybe mold or fungal overgrowth in the gut. Um, so they're all, all massive. LPS can obviously play a big role in, like there's good studies with LPS triggering the vagus nerve. Um <clears throat> and and how that then causes a stress response and you can get nighttime waking from that. Um, I know Dave O'Brien talks about like the washing machine kind of analogy, how like when there's a lot of LPS, there's, there's this like you sleep like a washing machine, like you're, one minute you're sleeping, next minute you're awake and you so, – so Or like one night's the best sleep of your life and then yeah. the next night's like, oh, shit, like what's shit, going yeah. on? Yeah. Hmm. And that's, that's obviously a big – a big aspect to LPS and how it obviously affects neurotransmitters and stuff like that. So, so, so there's that. Then, then I go sometimes a bit deeper again, and this is when we talk about like gene S and P's. Yeah, <laughs> and this is when you Just start to the client. Yeah, and this is like, like, and m- mind you, before I talk about gene S and P, leaky leaky gut comes into the infections as well. So leaky gut obviously is an aspect. Just gut. Like when you say gut, leaky gut, gut, microbiome imbalances. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then gene S and P's. So, like one of the big gene S and P's that will affect sleep is is the M. They call it the MAO gene. Is S and P. So M O M A O A gene. And what that gene does if it's playing out fast 
So it's a, it's playing. So you got the, the fast MOA um, um, enzyme. So it means you make too much of that enzyme. It's going to push serotonin out of the body too fast. So what happens is now you can't make melatonin. You'll be very very wide at night, very wide, and just can't you just can't get to sleep. So so some people have that, and they actually need a high. They need to look at what's drive, like what causes that that enzyme to play out fast. Sometimes it can be hypermethylation. Sometimes it can be, um, uh, um, sometimes it can be um, just like just trauma and stress. Um, sometimes it can be um, uh, not getting enough tryptophan, not getting enough glutathione. So there's there's a lot a lot of that at play. Um, actually, I just want to come back to the hypermethylation. I, I don't think I was correct with that. What hypermethylation does, though, is what hypermethylation does is it drives you into creating more um, norepinephrine and epinephrine and dopamine. So that will keep you awake. So that's, they're, they're separate, but they do, they can kind of play out together. Yeah. So. My- yeah, so 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 um so you can have this excess like catecholamines and dopamine and then not enough serotonin and that makes you just very like wide in the head. And then you can also have this slow comp T enzyme, so COMT, catecholamine um transferase. And what that what that enzyme does is it helps break down like stress hormones and dopamine. So if that's slow and you're not making enough of that enzyme, then what will happen is you'll just have like just just stress hormones circulate around in the brain and you'll you'll be getting intrusive thoughts maybe or you'll just be feeling just so wired that you just can't get to sleep. And you need so, – so there's certain cofactors and things that help those enzymes function better. So for like um, – so if we talk about the M- MOA enzyme – Curcumin slows a fart, like when it's playing out fast, curcumin will slow it down. So curcumin is really good at slowing it down. And then you then dose tryptophan, yeah, or 5-HTP. So that works really, really well. And then if you look at like um, Comp-T, if it's slow, magnesium is the cofactor for that enzyme. So that that makes more of that enzyme. So magnesium glycinate is quite good for that. So... So yeah, so that that's that's some things, and then if we look at hypermethylation, and that's when people are very like they might get a lot of panic attacks, and they're very anxious sort of people. Um, glycine and niacin are really really good for helping re-regulate um, hypermethylation. So high dose glycine, maybe a teaspoon twice a day um, for adults, is really really good. It, it kind of re like kind of re-regulates methylation. In, a, in simple terms, um, and then what niacin does as well, it sticks onto, um, it sticks and drains methyl groups, so it drains it, yeah, and that that helps slow that down. So, look, this is quite nuanced. You typically should do genetic genetics testing. It's something I'm still learning more about at the moment, but um, yeah, that's that's stuff that I've had to work for, on my on for myself actually. So, so yeah, so that's um, that's one aspect. But I'd always say genetics would come second after gut and mold and diet like it's kind of the last thing that you go to after you because they get influenced by all those things anyway so yeah yeah 
Yeah. yeah. I always and like I, I think I think you covered that fantastically. I thought it was <laughs> spot on. I yeah. and the only thing that I like and you were about to sort of go into it, the order that you go in is sort of like the first thing I sort of say to people is like circadian rhythm. Like, are we on our circadian rhythm? What's are we getting the building blocks? Are mm. we absorbing the building blocks properly? So how's our gut health? What's our microbiome like to actually assimilate nutrients and obviously um, impact neurotransmitters? And then Again, obviously, stress and trauma comes into things and trying to process that stress and trauma. I just had a client I've gone to see, got to see Sarah Jane to do some spinal energetics to try and help with some releasing some trauma. Um, and then you're, and then the, the, the gene snip stuff, I think you nailed some supplements that, you know, you can support sometimes while you're working through. One I, I tend to go for with people is passion flower. Because um, a lot of people that I work with, not necessarily they struggle to fall asleep, they struggle to stay to sleep. It's like um, so either I'll try and get something with with um, like GABA building blocks. There's one called Sleep Breakthrough. It's a bio-optimizers. I think they're the supplement brand. They've got like it might even have GABA in it, but it's got the building blocks anyway. I think it's got the building blocks for melatonin, uh, for serotonin too. Yes. Um, yeah. And then otherwise, I might use passion flower. The only thing with passion flower is if they've got histamine issues, it can ramp up histamine. I thought it, I thought it helps histamine. Nah, well, look, I've had clients get a histamine response to it. So, wow. Yeah. So, I didn't, I didn't feel like it helped me when I had my histamine issues either. I, I, yeah. No. I, was, I was told it helped it. So, I don't know. Well, yeah, but people tell me. People tell me things all the time, and there's also anecdotally that I see things yeah. happen. Like I've seen people exactly. get histamine issues to BPC 157, and people try well, and tell me that that doesn't happen. I'm like, yes, it does. It does, it does. yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. Like I think <laughs> like like uh, like supplements that I've always gone for for sleep, like magnesium glycinate. I think you can't just yeah. You know, it's such a like a common one that people talk about but i think that's a staple i also like um what do i usually use as well i i, I actually use it like ashwagandha a lot back in the day yeah like ashwagandha and yep. even like there's um there's a supplement called mindies from um, herbs of gold it has a little bit of lavender in it now i know lavender has a bit of a, a a bit of a um a bit of a thing about like increasing estrogen and stuff like that but i think when it's used n- not long term like it's used in certain times I think I think it's okay. I, I've always felt incredible. Um, I found that helped me sleep so well. Um, I think there's a lot of things, man. It's it's when you do things too like too much constantly. Yeah. yeah. Every every I think anything that you take supplementary should be in a cycle. Yeah. It should never be used as like a as a life raft. Yeah, hundred percent. But I would, yeah. I would use ashwagandha. I have the most wild dreams. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. I loved it. I'd be fucking like. Fucking in a war zone, fucking like running with a fucking machine gun or something. Like, it was just crazy. But I was, I, I was there, man. I was so there. I was like, but I love that shit. But some people don't like that. So if you don't like those sort of trends, probably don't use ashwagandha. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but I, I love that. Um, I, um, I also like. Um, I, I've also used like obviously glycine. Like I love glycine still. Yeah. I love using L tryptophan before bed. Like I've been using that lately. It's been awesome. Yep. Um, and I've also been using this thing called herbatonin. Have you heard of herbatonin? No, nah, never heard so of it, that. So, that? It's, so it's, it's bioavailable. Like it's actually, it's actually melatonin from plants, like a plant awesome. form of, like a plant form of melatonin. Yeah. 
So it's not as potent as taking like melatonin alone, um, which there is a bit of like arguments about that. Like some people say it's fine. Some people that's not. I've used it before. I actually fucking love using melatonin. I thought it was awesome. I think it really mm. helped me when I used it, but I don't think it's something long-term, you know, you should go for. Yeah. I think herbatonin is a real more gentle approach. It has like alfalfa, rice flour, and some other herb in it that, that they usually use synergistically. Rice yeah. flour, is that what it is? Rice seed flour? I can't remember what it is. Yeah, something like that, but it's, it's extracted from that. I've been using that recently. It's been quite good. Um, so so those, those things are really good. Um, One thing I'll say about melatonin, which I think is really good, like a really good use for it, is if you're traveling and you need to get onto the circadian rhythm of where you are, use melatonin because what it will do is it'll sort of, it can upregulate your melatonin production, but you don't like the same sort of thing. You don't want to be using it constantly. Like it's, it's meant to be used in a, in a small period of time. If you've got a sleep issue, like you may use it, but you've got to be looking at the roots of why you've got that sleep issue. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. if you go and travel, I think it's, it's actually quite good to use just to get onto the timeline as quick as possible to get your circadian rhythm regulated. Regulate, that's right. Yeah, it's going to nudge it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then using, using some of those cofactors around it. You know, some people might actually feel good using some B6 during the day or maybe towards the end of the day, like not, not, not too late, maybe some B6 with, with a little bit of tryptophan like towards the end of the day and it might just like help some of that production. Um, so P5P. Um, yes. But, yeah, so you've got that. But, um, yeah, what else? Like there's obviously there's so many like I, I even like using essential oils sometimes, you know, like before bed, you know, um, like sandalwood, for example. Um, uh, is quite good. Um, what vaporized? Like in the yeah, in the- or even you can put it on topically. I've used yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, um, even like lavender. But I know lavender yeah, is a bit of an interesting one with estrogen. But yeah, yeah we've so, used lavender a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I know apigenin. I don't even use apigenin yet, but I know it's everyone talks about apigenin. Yeah, I haven't used it either, but that's a, that's a Huberman thing that he's he's real yeah. big on. Yeah, so and people use L-theanine too. L-theanine, yeah, yeah. L-theanine, I think, like helps like alpha brainwave state. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, it, it, it like calms the mind. So yeah, and so, you can get L-theanine from green tea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which you might not have yep. before bed because it's caffeine, no. maybe as well. But yeah, but um, you've got um. You like CBD oil as well. I know CBD oil, like for a lot of people, they love that. I didn't do well on on, on CBD oil, but you can try it. CBD oil is really, really good too. Yeah. Yep. So it's cannabinoid receptors, which is real calming for the mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's a lot. With really bad insomnia, like CBD may be phenomenal for them, but you've got to go way. I've, I'd have to get the dose right, but it's way more than the, regu- than the recommended dose. Oh, it's, it's like, like a mega dose, yeah. Yeah, it's mega dosing. I think it's. I feel like it's like, like don't quote me on this. It might be like ten milligrams oh, um, wow. per kilo body weight. Actually, I'll give a shout out. Brett Cosnet did a really good post on this. Brett, Brent Cosnet did a really good post on the dosage you should do for CBD if you've got severe insomnia. Beautiful. Yeah, go check out Brett. He's always doing good stuff. Brent. Yeah. Brent. Brent. Not Brent. Brent. Yeah. Brent. Yeah. Um, but I reckon, yeah, I reckon that's. I reckon that's a probably. 
we probably covered it in a short period of time. We only wanted this to be a short one for people, yeah. but I reckon there's a lot for people to take away if they've got sleep issues and things that they can put in place. Yeah, but really, guys, like like one thing I want you guys to understand is dig deeper than just like like than just um, medicating yourself with supplements. You know, like you know, you, you always want to go. Well, what's going on with my body? You know, like what what where is this coming from? Dig deeper than just that, because otherwise, you're pretty much just doing a natural version of what a doctor's doing. Hundred percent. Yeah. If you're going to use them, it has to be in um, conjunction with figuring out why why you're, exactly. why you're not sleeping. They're there. Don't med- don't don't use supplements as a life raft. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Well said. Beautiful, mate. All right. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> you did good yeah. on that one, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. We got into it, man. That's awesome. Ah, that's you awesome. flowed great. I didn't have to say a word. <laughs> Love it. That was awesome. Thanks, brother. See ya. See you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. We hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey. If you want to follow on for more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Life Athlete Health and at Coach Jordan Briggs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time.